you take everything you have and keep it, but just point it towards the trust without having to get rid of it or consolidate or liquidate it. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you again on Complete Estate Planning. I'm Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner at Rosenbauer Law Office. You'll find him online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. And we're kind of continuing a, a previous conversation we had on our last episode, Nick. We are talking about the pour-over will inside of a trust. But today's more about how to fund your trust so that you don't have to rely on that will, right? Yeah, exactly right. So we're going to talk about a little more detail of the process that we spoke about on the last episode or, you know, more specifically on the last one, we talked more about if something is left behind, if there's an asset or an account that is not under the control and the protection and the purview of the trust. We talked about what that will does as a safety net. So the next logical question is, of course, so how do we do this right uh, and make sure that we don't have to use that? So that's that's kind of the, the breakdown that we'll give uh, today. Very good. So we got a good show coming up for you. But uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so. We'd appreciate that. Also, we put them all up online at CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. So you'll find them there along with other resources like Ohio's Complete Guide to Estate Planning, the Estate Planning Checkup Guide, and Five Essential Documents of a Complete Estate Plan. You'll find it there. And if you want to schedule a time to talk with Nick, you can do it very easily through the website. There's an orange button there on the front that says Schedule a Call with Nick. Just click that and uh, enter your information, and you'll be on the calendar in no time. Everything else good, Nick, before we hop in? Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, enjoying the, the warmer weather and hoping to maybe get uh, uh, maybe get out and, and golf here a time or two. And then um, uh, for those of you who are in this area, um, I don't know uh, how long until this episode airs, but to the Memorial uh, golf tournament, the PGA event up in northern Columbus, uh, is uh, coming just uh, about a month away. It's the the week following Memorial Day, and I don't want to jinx it, so maybe I shouldn't say that my wife and I are <laughs> planning on on heading up there for a day That's um, awesome. later in the week. But uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong at daycare. Someone will, you know, get sick or, you know, the kids will get sick and get over it and they'll get me sick. Um, you know, you know how that works. But um, so I don't I'm not going to say we're going to the memorial, but I will say we've uh, we've bought tickets. <laughs> well, for the well, well, you said that and it reminds me, I didn't think I ever asked you about the last time we talked about that, you had a uh, a night out planned, right, with the wife. That uh, you were also like, "Hey, let's make sure nothing happens with the kid." Did you ever get to enjoy that? We did. Uh, we actually did. We made it. Um, and then Ben, you'll enjoy this, and especially for uh, the uh, connoisseurs of, of bourbon, such as myself. Which again, I'm from Kentucky, so I don't have a choice. Right. Um, it's in your blood. And this. Uh, well, and then what's the eye-rolling thing that teenagers say? You know, I was doing this before it was cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, I had uh, I had a glass of um, uh, the Rip Van Winkle 10-year nice. um, at the, the restaurant we went to dinner at. 
and it was overpriced, but it was very good. Um, I did only have one. But there's another one. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with uh, the Weller line, you know, all mm-hmm. the, the different uh, Weller uh, bourbons. They had William LaRue Weller, oh, which yeah. is kind of the top of that. Disappointing. I mean, it was good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know. I know. It disappointing was for the price or just disappointing in general? It was good. But I thought, for as much as I like some of the other Weller uh, labels, I thought hmm. I would love it. I liked it a lot. I didn't love it. So that's not one I would ever buy, you know, overpriced by the glass again. And I don't even think it was a bad price for for the glass. But, yeah, it. Uh, I was surprised because it's it's a high proof one. It's uncut. And I, you know, you and I talk about this off uh, off air that I'm – a big fan of the higher proof ones because they just, I don't know, there's just more flavor. There's just more going on. So I thought this would be absolutely amazing. Not so much. Wow. Not so much. I was really let down by that. But the uh, the Rip Van Winkle 10-year, which is basically, I guess it's like the, the baby brother uh, of, of the Pappy Van Winkle line, that was better. That was much better. So okay. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, we did get to go. Uh, it was it was wonderful. We made it, and no one no one yelled at us. And the kids <laughs> behaved for Grandma. Um, they're they're quite suck ups. Um, they they know how to play the grandparents. I don't know if your I don't know if your daughters figured that nah, game not, out not as quite well. Yet, but oh, good. It's coming, I'm sure. Good. They they both have figured it out um, that if they're nice to grandparents, grandparents will give them whatever they want. Um, the grandparents can be had and manipulated. Uh, mom and dad can see through the fake smiles. Um, so <laughs> that's funny. I don't know if I should. Yeah, I don't know if we should be scared because of how evil and manipulative a three-month-old and a three-year-old are, <laughs> or if I should just be impressed and say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe my kids are kind of smart." Yeah, you I know? think we spin and, it positively. Yeah, I think that's. Right. A, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> now, if they're doing it, you know, for the next. 15, 20, 30 years, eh, maybe. But I think for now, I think it's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, do, you, do you think they're going to stop? Like, do you think it gets easier? <laughs> I don't know. Good, that's another question. I have no experience with it, so I'll find out on my own, too. Oh, you're going to get manipulated as well yep. I, no if you're not already. Yeah, no doubt. Well, cool. I'm glad you got to spend some time and get yeah. out and enjoy a great dinner uh, and some nice bourbon as well. All right, let's get into our conversation today, Nick, and talk about – how we make sure that the trust actually protects your assets. You're going to set it up. You want to make sure, you know, you spent the time and and the energy and the money to protect what you've earned and to make sure your loved ones uh, are also taken care of as well. But just signing that document isn't the complete job. You still have other work to do. So you, you have to establish a trust and then make sure you actually have in control and protects your assets the way you want it to. So let's talk about the steps in, in which you actually make that happen. So, I guess the first thing f- you need to pay attention to here and we're focusing on is actually funding the trust. So how do you go about getting your assets into the trust once you get it created? Exactly. And funding the trust, that is the second half of the job. So if we're talking like a play uh, or theater analogy, setting up and getting the plan established is act one. But act two, just as important, is funding the trust. So it's coordinating your assets and your accounts with the trust. 
so that the trust has the ability and the authority to control and distribute them after you pass away. So a couple different analogies I use for this. Um, you know, think of it like um, if you're moving to a new house, okay, and you get a uh, you get a moving truck, you get the U-Haul or what have you, and everything's ready to go to the new house from the old house, and but then you don't put the boxes on the truck to get it to the new house. Well, you bought the new house, you got the moving truck, and it went to the new house. But if all the boxes are still in the garage at the old house, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good, right? So you can do everything right, but if you don't get the stuff on the truck to get it to the new house, it doesn't get to the new house. Or another way that I look at it from an umbrella of protection standpoint, let's say you have um, a bunch of cars sitting in the driveway and you build this nice fancy garage um, you know, to keep them out of the rain and the snow and protect them. And you build the garage, but then you leave the cars in the driveway, they still get rained on. Okay, so you can put everything in place, but if you don't protect things, like I said, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good. So think of a trust like a box with instructions for inheritance. And the phrase that I use a lot with my clients is we have to fill the box. Okay, so the trust will only control what it owns or what is linked to it. Um, So if you leave something behind, It's powerless, okay? Um, And first off, um, I don't like the phrase funding the trust. Um, That's the the technical phrase. That's the legal phrase. But at the same time, people think uh, fundraising, GoFundMe comes to mind, right? Or the neighborhood kids selling uh, popcorn, you know, for his Boy Scout troop. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's a real confusing phrase. So basically, we're coordinating our accounts with our trust okay and you don't give up control so yes your trust will control and manage and own the accounts but ben you still control and own the trust okay so you're still in control your ownership or control is just in a different manner but you're still the king your wife's still the queen okay none of that changes and another thing that confuses people is they think Well, if I need to do this, do I need to change banks? Do I need to consolidate? Do I need to move everything to a different financial advisor? No, you don't. Um, So luckily, you can keep them everywhere you want. So if you have a Fidelity account, it can stay at Fidelity. Just the account needs to be pointed towards your trust. Think of it like we're just changing the final destination on Google Maps or your GPS, but it's still the same phone, still the same car. So we're just changing how they're controlled, but that's really what it breaks down to. And then, of course, uh, something that we talked about on the last uh, episode, if you don't do this, if you don't fund the trust, then the trust doesn't get to control everything. It only controls what it owns or what it receives when you pass away, and then something that's left outside of the trust, so if the trust doesn't have, you know, dominion or jurisdiction over it, um, then it's up to whatever else is going on. So it could be probated, could be a, a rogue beneficiary designation going somewhere else, uh, or co-ownership. I've had people who have a bank account in their trust, and then they get older, and they take it out of the trust and make one of the kids the co-owner on the bank account. So they want the kids to help pay bills, which you should use a power of attorney or something. It's not the best way to do it. And then when they die, 
that account's not in the trust, so it doesn't follow the inheritance plan, and it just goes all to that one kid um, who doesn't have to share it. So if so, anything that's not controlled by the trust will get controlled by probate or whatever other arrangement is going on, and the trust is powerless to protect it. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, when you lay it out like that and kind of paint that picture, it's, it kind of helps you understand exactly what you mean by funding it. Um, even though you don't like to use that term, but it does kind of give you a better a better understanding. All right, so then if you don't fund the trust, if you don't take these steps to actually change control of these assets, what happens? So what you what you run into, obviously, is if you don't fund the trust, then you built a nice fancy garage and didn't put anything in it. So it's an empty shell or an empty box. Um, a lot of times what will happen um, whether it's someone doing something themselves online, obviously LegalZoom.com is not going to help do this for you. Um, unfortunately, most attorneys won't do this for you. Um, then you end up having the trust, but then the family still has to go through probate and still fight all of that out uh, after you're gone. So a lot of the benefits of the trust you know, don't even end up happening. Um, so a lot of times they have to go through some sort of probate issue uh, to get it done. Or, you know, some things are in the trust, but they have to wait for the rest of the things to catch up because we have a, a probate proceeding. So um, hopefully you have that pour-over will in place that uh, if any of you who didn't listen to our last episode, go sure, uh, be sure to go back and listen to that. So hopefully the pour-over will's in place to at least get through probate and then consolidate things in the trust. Um, but again, it just, it kind of, it's like a box falling off the back of the truck uh, while it's uh, on the way to the new house. So it's not good. Um, and a lot of times your wishes aren't fulfilled. And then if they are, we have to go through a probate proceeding to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go, let's kind of go, not necessarily line by line, but a little bit so in terms of assets and then how to actually make sure they are owned by the trust going through all these kind of the specific, the most common assets, I guess, that you'd see people have. Right. Well, and, and people rightfully so they, they can kind of have trouble wrapping their head around what this actually looks like. Um, you know, what it actually means to have your assets owned, controlled and protected by your trust. So going through specifics here, I think, can help on on what we do with different types of assets or different types of accounts. And it also will clear up the confusion that people get uh, when they, you know, I have a lot of people say, well, I think, you know, what bank do I need to move everything to? Like there's some special bank uh, that is the only bank you can use for your trust. Right. So I'll, I'll go through kind of the details on some of the main assets to just simplify this. So for the bank accounts, you know, the bank account that is owned by Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer at Chase Bank just gets re-registered to my trust. So our bank account is now owned by the Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Trust. Now it lists that we are both the controllers or the trustees, so I can still write checks. You know, my uh, checking account, uh, when, you know, when we went to dinner last month, I used my debit card to pay and it came out of our trust. So the only thing that changed is the name on the Chase Bank statement. Now, some banks 
and it depends by the branch even you know different branches mm-hmm. the same bank i don't think they have a uniform policy on this um, some of them will allow you to re-register and change the trust to be the new owner on an account to keep everything the same some won't let you do that some say you need to close this account and open brand new ones that's a nightmare ben direct deposits automatic bill pay if you're old school like me and still have a checkbook you know your debit cards you know, your salary and, and monthly payments, it screws all of that up. So I tell people if they're going to make you close your account, keep it as is, but make sure that the trust is listed as the pay on death or transfer on death beneficiary for the account. So at least when you die, the money gets paid to the trust and we're okay. Right. Okay. So either one of those options is acceptable. But again, notice I didn't say change banks. Notice I didn't say give up control or ownership or switch from three accounts to one account, so you don't have to do that. Next one here, uh, probably the other most common one, is your house. Most states uh, will, and I know we have people listening all across the country, so most states will actually make you have to retitle, so a new deed, uh, transferring ownership of the house to your trust. So the way that would look is Alicia and I prepare a deed um, saying that Alicia Rosenbauer and Nick Rosenbauer, the current owners, the grantors, you know, transfer, sell, and give the house to the Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. Okay, so that's how that would look. Now, there's a few states, Ohio being one of them, mind you. Uh, we have one of the best rules in the country, not to brag about Ohio, um, but uh, we have the ability to do a, an affidavit. Um, there's transfer on death deeds, transfer on death affidavits, that basically allow the house to become, uh, to have a beneficiary. Okay, so our house uh, here in Ohio has the trust as the beneficiary. So when we die, the house automatically goes to the trust. No probate, no problem. And you say, Nick, why would you do it later instead of now? Um, It's a minor thing, Ben, but honestly, I don't like calling up all state and explaining to them how I moved my house to my trust but I own the trust and I'm in control, so it's still my house. And then I don't want to fight them about my bundle discount right. um, because they, they, they say the trust is like a new owner um, for the house. So some states you have to deal with it and you may have to educate the Allstate or the State Farm guy or Progressive or whomever. And it's doable. It's just some people can get confused by it. Um, but here in Ohio, it's something you don't have to worry about. Um, and then actually the other one, speaking of insurance, is vehicles. Um, I'd say it's probably the, the third one here. S- very similar options for a house. Most states will require you to actually retitle it or sign it over to your trust. So what would happen in that case is the vehicle, the car title certificate itself would say Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. Again, calling all state, state farm, progressive, whomever, you know, sometimes that can be a hassle. It's not that big of a deal, but it's an extra step that sometimes gets forgotten. And sometimes the insurance agent may screw it up. Um, Now, some states, Ohio, again, being one of them, not to plug uh, Ohio and, and toot our own horn here, but allow you to put a TOD or a transfer on death to the trust. So that's something that many states don't let you do. But in Ohio, like my vehicle is registered to Nick Rosenbauer, but then it says transfer on death, Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. 
Okay, gotcha. so that's the way we handle that. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as things where there's beneficiary updates, retirement accounts and life insurance, we actually make the trust the final beneficiary. Okay, um, so life insurance, there's no money right now. All it is is if I die, then MetLife will pay a uh, hundred thousand or a million dollars somewhere. Okay, so I don't have that check in my hand because I'm still alive, <laughs> obviously. Um, <clears throat> but for my life insurance, our trust is the beneficiary. So when we die, the life insurance proceeds. So when it gets claimed, the check gets written to our trust where it belongs. Um, retirement accounts, you actually can't change the ownership during life, even though it is an account, even though there is money. So my IRA is owned by Nick Rosenbauer. Uh, but the trust is the final beneficiary. Now, not to get into complex tax laws, but if you're married, in most cases, you want the spouse to be named first beneficiary directly and okay. not through the trust. Um, saves them on some some tax laws and gives them more flexibility on how quickly or how slowly they can pull that money and pay the taxes. Um, and it's only retirement accounts. Nothing else follows these rules. So for my retirement accounts... Alicia is the primary beneficiary, and our trust is second. Uh, but for life insurance, it's just the trust. And then things outside of retirement accounts. So if I have stock in a Fidelity account or I have shares of P&G, something like that, then you just make the trust the new owner of those. So our Vanguard investment account is owned by the Nick and Alicia Rosenbauer Living Trust. Um, and you'll notice, Ben, for all of these, None of them require you to change banks, change advisors, change life insurance companies, consolidate. You take everything you have and keep it, but just point it towards the trust without having to get rid of it or consolidate or liquidate it. Okay, so none of that. You don't have to change what you have. You just change where it's pointed, if that makes sense. Um, and then the last thing here, if you're a business owner, it depends on what the rules of your operating agreement and your business rules are. So you have shares in the company. You can assign those shares to your trust or make them transfer on death or pay on death to your trust. Think of it just like shares of P&G stock. Rosenbauer Law Office has 100 shares. I own all of them. Um, so I have them to transfer on death to my trust. So my family doesn't have to probate the law office uh, if I died tomorrow. Um, sometimes, I guess kind of the other piece here would be if you're with multiple partners, um, they may have buy-sell agreements. They may have something to where if you die tomorrow, no one becomes the new owner. The current owners will buy out your shares. Um, and if that's the case, you just need to set it up to where that check gets written to your trust instead of to someone else. So they don't have to probate the buyouts. So again, that depends on specifics of the company and how your agreement uh, and your exit strategy is set up. Um, but the short thing is when you pass away, everything you own or your compensation for it needs to point to your trust. So as long okay. as we make the trust the final destination on everything, you're okay. You're good to go. Okay. Is there ever a situation where your attorney that you're working with uh, doesn't take you through this entire process? <sighs> Way too often. 
unfortunately. Ben, you're probably imagining how tedious and annoying it is. Uh, and it how seems like a lot, un- yeah. Yeah, and boring and unfulfilling. Mm-hmm. Okay, I enjoy working with families and putting plans together. I don't really love filling out the MetLife beneficiary form. I have right. to. Um, so there's a lot of attorneys who don't do it. Okay, I'd say the majority of attorneys won't do this. They will give you a template letter and say, go figure it out yourself, call your bank, call your broker, and call someone to do a new deed. They'll leave you on your own for the second half of the legal work, which is borderline malpractice um, if, if I wanted to you know, get on, a, uh, get on my soapbox here. Um, I say run away. Uh, and I would say you should have red lights flashing if you're working with someone or thinking about working with someone who's going to leave this all up to you. Because, Ben, it's, look how important it is. Mm-hmm. Okay? I can build the nicest garage in the world, um, but then if the cars stay in the driveway, they're all ruined. So if you don't do this, your entire estate plan can be for nothing. So treat happen, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Treat it that way um, because the job is not finished. It's like we get you a nice car, but we don't ever put an engine in it. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's it needs to be done. That's crossing the finish line. Um, if we don't do that, if someone says to do it on your own, um, you know, it's like if you hired a taxi cab driver and he dropped you off halfway towards your hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would run away. That, that, that's yeah. just my personal recommendation. I've seen it go wrong too many times when clients get abandoned and they get left, uh, you know, halfway to the destination. Yeah, I hate to see it. Okay. Well, this is a good kind of breakdown of what it takes to actually do the second half of that trust, right? Sign the documents is the first half, then actually getting everything into control of the trust is so important. So, again, if you want to learn more about the pour over will, too, that goes inside of the trust, we talked about that in detail on our previous episode. So, go back and check that out. And make sure you subscribe to the show, too. We have a lot more coming down the pike, and I uh, want you to be able to check in and tune in as each episode comes out. And if you know anyone that is, you know, thinking about building their estate plan or just has questions about estate planning, please share the podcast with them as well. And if you have questions for Nick directly, you can always log on. CincinnatiEstatePlan.com is the website. You'll find the the schedule a call with Nick button right there on the front. Plus all of our shows are there as well. And you can call Nick's office at 513-463-6789, as always. All right, Nick, uh, good to talk to you again. Enjoy the golf tournament. If you get up there, I'm sure everything will work out once again for you, and uh, you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, you're such the optimist, uh, but I, uh, <laughs> I I appreciate it. I guess we'll, we'll have to check back in next month to find out whether or not I, I jinxed myself. And I'll tell you what, dun, Ben, dun, if dun. I don't get, you're, <laughs> I know, if I don't get to go, I am never saying another word about any upcoming plans that we have <laughs> on the podcast again. It'll just be, what did we do last time? Right. Because it's already done. I'm never sharing future plans again if this gets screwed up. But uh, Fair enough. Fair enough. Got my fingers crossed, holding my breath. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we've got some good news here coming up in a few weeks. But yeah. uh, other than that, enjoy it. Uh, happy Friday. Uh, it's a Friday afternoon uh, right now while we're recording. Hopefully no more snow uh, like we had the day after Easter. Hopefully we can uh, keep the short sleeve shirts and and keep the warm weather out here for good. Yeah, definitely. All right, Nick, we'll take care. And uh, thank you for listening to Complete Estate Planning for Nick Rosenbauer over at Rosenbauer Law Office. I'm Ben George. We'll talk to you in the next episode.
The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.